All right, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. How are you today, Rachel? I am doing great. It's actually kind of gloomy out here in LA, which is rare, I feel like. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the same way here where I live in Virginia. It's it's cold yeah. and cloudy. Yep, yep. So we're, we're all in the same place now. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, what what have you been up to since the last time that we talked? Uh, so what have I been up to? My goodness. So I've, um, I'm starting to get more into the modeling market. So I actually do a lot of hand modeling right now. Some weird thing that I fell into. Um, but as far as the acting side of things, the strike really threw a lot of things off. It slowed down things for a lot of people. However, um, I ended up taking that time to really start building out a kid's show. So I'm actually creating a children's show. And um, I'm actually going to, I already have a pilot episode filmed for it. I'm currently in the investor process and we'll start filming some episodes in the new year. Very cool. So tell me about that process. How, how, do, how do you end up uh, creating a kid's show and, and what all goes into it? Yes, I'm learning so much in this process as we speak, but I, uh, I realized I had a really good charismatic type of personality that would be good for children's content. I've done um, kids hosting for other types of children's content, other platforms as well. I've been around kids a lot my entire life, and I wanted to create content for children that I felt like I would want to show my kids one day, stuff that's really wholesome, that brings it up back to very fundamental learning concepts. So I decided, well, if there's not too much content out there already, why don't I just create it for myself? So I started by actually creating a children's book, which was released earlier this year. And I, that was kind of my entry into the entertainment side of children's content, making sure that I can create things that kids actually like. <laughs> and then when I um, really started diving deep into it, I was like, I don't want this to just be something that I throw out there. Like I want to actually make it a show and it, it ended up being a lot of research that I've been doing. I've been reaching out to a lot of people in my network. And then over this um, past couple months, I actually flew out to Tennessee to attend a conference to start networking with people and pitching the show concept there as well. Um, so it's, it's a lot of information that to me has been very new on the back end side of things, understanding the business, the financials, how to structure an actual company and not just a show. But it's been really educational for me as I try to create this educational show for kids. And see, that's very cool, you know, to be able to branch out of what you normally do to learn a new skill set. Um, you know, because I feel like that uh, producers, writers and things of that nature are, are something that we need more of to get more great content out there, whether it be, you know, for kids, which is always great. Cause you're right. There's not enough stuff out there. Uh, you know, and, and that's a, that's a tremendous skill set. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's, and that's something too, that I feel like most people that enter into the entertainment industry have some sort of idea of what they want to do. Maybe they want to be a writer, a director, an actor, and then they end up doing a lot of other things in the process, <laughs> which is what I've kind of fallen into as well, um, especially with this kid show. I'm now starting to write the content for the kid show, and I've been able to reach out to my network of people of other writers that I know to make sure that it's 
actually good writing and not just something that I think is good. Um, and then, you know, I'm learning the production side of it too. What does it take to actually assemble something like this so we can bring on different industry guests onto my show? Um, because there's a lot of different industry professionals that I'm bringing on mm -hmm. and then understanding the business side of it, which I actually have a business degree. So I've been able to leverage my background, but also being able to connect with people within this industry and try to interlace those two things and try to figure out, okay, like I'm, I actually started a company like this is a, an incorporated company. I've never done that before. So how exactly do you start that? And what questions can you ask? Who can you reach out to? I've learned asking questions and reaching out to your network is one of the most critical things that you can do because you, it's, I can't do a one woman show if I want it to be as big as I intend for it to be. Exactly. And you know, the, the only question that's wrong is the one you don't ask. Mm -hmm. Exactly. See, and, and you as a podcaster, I'm sure know that exactly because you're asking people questions all the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where if you ask questions and you're unsure about yourself, you know, as far as, what you're trying to learn or what you're trying to find out, whatever that may be. But asking questions is very important no matter what you do. Absolutely. And I think too, what I'm also learning is that it's just starting somewhere. It doesn't have to be perfect. I am the type of person that like I'm type A, I can be OCD. Like I want things to be perfect, but if you're striving for perfection and, and so many people have said this anyways, but you're never going to get it. And so if you're like, like, when I had started, my idea was I'm going to create this kid show and I want it to be with a nice backdrop. I want it to have professional editing. I want it to look great when I put it out and I'll create, or I'll, I'll generate the revenue, then I'll create the show and then I'll get the audience. And that's not realistic. I've since learned, which is okay. Um, so I've had to pivot and be like, okay, now I'm going to start creating social media content. So at least I can get something out there before I create these episodes. Then I'll get the revenue. Then I'll get the audience. Then I realized I had to pivot again. And I was like, okay, so the social content's out there and I'm starting to generate an audience for it. Trying to get the amount of funding that I'm looking for. It's a process. It's not like somebody just writes you a check and then gives it to you the next day. You have to go through what I'm going through right now, this incorporation process and understanding a lot of different legal terms and hiring attorneys and all that stuff, right? So in the meantime, while I'm waiting for that, I could just keep doing social content or I could be creating what it is that I'm trying to do, which is the show itself. And it's not going to be nearly as professional as when I have hundreds of thousands of dollars backing me, but it is already like, if the social content's already starting to get out there and people are liking that, then I should be creating the show. So I can start using that data to then propel me to the next level, the next funding level, the next you know marketing level, whatever that is. Exactly. And you've got to start somewhere. And the fact that, you know, you're, you're taking that leap, and believing in yourself that I can do this, you know, and then, like you said, you've had to change directions a couple of times, but that, that's really what being an entrepreneur is, is it, it will never be easy. And, and the way you picture it in your head doesn't always happen that way. And that is okay because at the end of the day, it's a learning experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And honestly, I think 
you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine last night who's an entrepreneur, has a couple um, practices in the dental space. And what we were saying was that at the end of the day, when you take that leap of faith, if it doesn't succeed in the way that you want it to, that doesn't mean that you failed because you now have all of this experience. You have an understanding of what worked and what didn't work. You've probably made a much larger network of people that you can start trusting so that the next project that you try will be that much more successful. Or when somebody has a project in mind, they're more likely to think about you because they saw everything that you were doing prior to that. So I try to take that perspective a lot of the times with anything that I'm pursuing is that it's never a waste of time if it's something that you're passionate about. And I definitely found a huge passion in this space. And you're not wrong. I mean, if if you enjoy doing what you do and you find even just a little bit of success in it, it's not work. You know, you go to, you go to work every day, you do what you enjoy, but you do it because you enjoy it rather than because you need to work. And, you know, uh, you know, with, with the entrepreneur mindset, it's, it's one of those things that I feel like, you know, you just got to put yourself out there and you're not always going to hit a home run every time, but the experience that you get, like you were saying over the next, however long it is before you become a successful entrepreneur in whatever career you choose the experiences from the past will help propel you in the future. Oh, absolutely. And I've learned too that the being interested in other people is it's like the, the age old adage. That's like, be interested, not interesting. And I've found that a lot of the people that are helping me are those the people that embody that. Like they're the people that are already successful or have their own set of things going on in their life and they're so busy and I just feel so blessed that I'm like, you're taking the time out of your day to help answer my questions or put some sort of guidance or guide rails into what I'm trying to do. And um, that's exactly what I feel like helps breed more successful people is when you from the top down are looking and, and you're like, you know what, let me try to cultivate this next group of successful people. Because now, now that I have people helping me right now, when I become more successful and I have much more bandwidth to be able to offer advice or something to people that are in my position that they, that I am today, that's going to then continue that cycle. And that is like, honestly been such a blessing and something that I've really been learning along this process too, is that if we can all come and help people in ways where maybe we're not getting anything back from it right now, but just being there as an asset is just beyond helpful for myself, but also for the person eventually, hopefully that I can help later on down the line. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at the backgrounds of the people that are helping the next generation learn how to do certain skills, whether it be, you know, podcasting, entertainment, uh, you know, creating shows, writing books, whatever the case is, if you look at them, most times rather than none, you see that they had a mentor that helped mm -hmm. them in some way, and then they're just paying it forward. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's that's exactly what I feel like. Everybody that's been helping me has said something to that extent. They're like, well, I had this one person that helped me, and I felt so grateful. I need to return the favor to the next person, and so on and so forth. And that's what helps 
breed successful people when we're able to continue that cycle. Okay, I have a question for you, Josh, because I know know it's your podcast, but um, what made you start the Limitless podcast? Well, I am in the automotive industry, and I wanted to learn a different skill set. When I first started doing YouTube, uh, it was, oh gosh, probably four or five years ago, I had to learn how to... Uh, edit video. I had to learn how to, uh, you know, record and be able to get it from, at the time, you know, it was a, a camcorder to a laptop or a desktop and learn how to figure out how long the videos need to be. And then once we, sw- once I switched over to the podcasting, it, I found that I just really enjoy talking with people, uh, especially since my background in a professional uh, standpoint is customer service. So I, you know, I talk to people daily and, mm-hmm. you know, just finding out about, you know, um, in a retail space, you, you get to know people that come in on a regular basis. So you get to know them sort of on a personal level. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that for me, I, I really enjoy just sitting down and talking with people I don't really know and, and being able to find out about them, their background, what they do, and, and kind of how they got into what they do and, uh, you know, what what motivates them every day to get up and do that job. Yeah, honestly, it is so interesting to be able to talk to people like that on a daily basis and understand that the world is so much larger than our individual selves. And all these complicated things are our own issues that we have going on. It's just so small in the whole scheme of things. And I think talking to people really helps bring perspective to that. I actually can relate in some way because um, one of my jobs that I do in this industry, I'm a live stream game show host for a bingo app uh, on your phone. And so I literally talk to people that I don't know on a, a weekly basis. And I'm having these like interesting conversations with people while of course I'm hosting this game show. And it's interesting to kind of like see where everybody's from all over the world, different ages, different backgrounds, and how we can all come together in one specific place and still have like the same type of interests. Exactly. And and I think that's one of the things that we're slowly getting away from with all this technology is we don't sit and talk to one another. You know, we don't pick up the phone and call people or video chat. We text, you know, that that personal connection is almost non-existent now. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after the pandemic, I would say we became even more introverted and didn't know how to come back into the quote unquote real world. Right. And figure out how to like have those face-to-face conversations without checking your phone every five seconds. I mean, I completely get it because we're, we have created this TikTok generation. And of course I'm guilty myself. I have multiple TikTok accounts in, uh, as a entertainment entrepreneur. And it is like one of those quick and easy ways to start getting that dopamine hit without actually interacting with somebody at all. And I, it's it's not the same. It's artificial. Yeah, and, and that's the reason why I do the podcasting is, you know, I, I get such a great feeling of, you know, a person that I probably would have never had the 
a, a connection with or a chance to meet or just mm-hmm. talk to, you know, I got to talk to that person regardless of what they do. Cause I've talked to people from my local area and, and all the way out to where you are. And it's just, it's, it's incredible because most people want to have that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, most people, it's not so much about the, you know, people get into some people, I should say, get into the entertainment aspect of things, whether it be podcasting or YouTube, because they're going after the money. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, if you go in with an open mind and you're, you're learning a new skill set and you just enjoy whatever it is you're doing, content creating or interviews or whatever the case is, success will come with it. But you got to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I've heard from many successful people that exact same thing where it's if you're going after something because of the money, you're in the wrong business and you probably won't be very successful because you're going to be making decisions based solely off of revenue, money, etc. And not off of something that's that you're actually passionate about, that you want to spend your time in and that you're going to dedicate yourself towards. Versus if you're super passionate and dedicated towards something, chances are you're more likely to work towards that goal and you're more likely to achieve it, ironically. And yeah, with this kids show, for instance, the more and more research that I do, the more and more I find out that the kids space is not super lucrative because of there's very strict bylaws that you have to go with because it's kids. You can't market to them. You can't sell products, stuff like that. And I keep like, it's like, as the further that I dig, the more that I'm finding things that say, well, you probably, if you want to make money, you shouldn't be down this space. You probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't. But the people that I've seen be successful in this space are the people that it's like, okay, they're clearly looking to help the next generation of entrepreneurs or, or, or of leaders. Those are the people that I've found are just successful because they, they were like, you know what? For instance, Blippi, he's like, you know what? I have a nephew and I want him to have good content. So I'm going to just start creating stuff. And now he is one of the largest kids content creators on the planet. And see, that's, that's what it's all about. The passion's got to be there. Otherwise, what are you doing it for? Exactly. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be able to work crazy late hours or, you know, work your normal nine to five during the day and then come home and work some more on the actual passion project. Exactly. <laughs> like that's not how it, it, it just, it's not sustainable that way. Exactly. And you know, I, I've, I've seen several different motivational videos of people saying, you know, it, it may take six months for you to be a success. It may take 10 years, but the overall process of things is so much more worth it. It's, it's not so much getting to the end. It's, what it takes to get through to get to the end. And then you just keep moving that goalpost further and further out. Yes, absolutely. And something else too, that I've I've been learning similar to what you're saying is that the people that just keep doing, that's what's really, that's when you'll find that success because it's not the overnight stories of success are very rare. A lot of people, I feel like focus on them because of course, we all want to be that person that overnight you just become a sensation. But for the majority of people that are successful in whatever their line of work is, 
they're the people that have worked on it over and over and over again and made different iterations, pivoted from the original concept so that it could work and adapt to what's needed, but also still stay true to what they're trying to do as well. There's just, it's, I feel like the recipe that everybody's looking for is kind of, it's already available, but just most people don't want to put in the time for it, which is literally just putting in the hours. And you're not wrong. Just put your nose down, go through the grind. But, you know, at the end of the day, if it were easy, everyone would do it. And, and it's all about believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. you don't believe in yourself, regardless of what you're doing, business, personal life, it's never going to work out. You may have that glimpse of success, but it will not last. Yeah. And believing in yourself and and surrounding yourself with people who also will believe in you because you're definitely going to be going through times where you don't really believe in yourself anymore, where you're just going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know if I can do this. And if you have that strong support system of people that are like, what are you talking about? You absolutely can. These are the examples that I can give you. You're just going through your little slump right now and you'll get over it that I found has been super helpful as well. Like absolutely you have to believe in yourself. If not, then nobody else is going to, if you're not convicted in yourself, who's going to be convicted in you. But then also getting those people that are convicted in you that believe in you. So that way, when you're going through those tough times, you can have that support system to help lift you up. Exactly. And you know, it's one of those things where if you see people in the entertainment industry, YouTube, podcasts, most of the time when you find these people that are super successful, you don't see what they go through to get where they are. Yeah. That's a huge thing that I always am like preaching to people. I'm like, oh my gosh, people will look at celebrities and they're just like, well, this person's super famous. They make so much money and I wish I could be them. And it's like, well, you didn't see that they were living in a shack for 10 years as they were grinding away, having three jobs at a time. So that way they could be at the level that they are now. While everybody else was quitting, they were still doing it. So it really, success is so funny because it's, the more successful you become, the more simple it seems to to people looking from the outside in. Because nobody follows your story when you're a nobody. Nobody knows who you were. And then once you're somebody, they're just like, well, I want to be that somebody. And you're like, but you didn't see the years and years and years that I was struggling to get here. Exactly. You know, and, and I couldn't agree more. Um, so with the with the hand modeling thing, how did you get into that? <laughs> yeah, so I, um, that was through my modeling agency. I have a modeling agency out here where, and it was just like for regular modeling, um, got booked on this job with The Habit, which is a, it's like a burger fast food joint. Um, it has locations out here. I think it's across the U.S. too. And I, the story's actually really funny because this, I just signed with this modeling agency a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. This was the first job that they had ever booked me, but I just got my tonsils out like five days prior. And they're like, hey, can you work it? And I was like, yeah, sure. I didn't know any details of the job. They were like, it should just be like photography print. Um, You shouldn't have to really talk. So I was like, okay. (laughs) So I show up five days after getting my tonsils out. And um, I... 
for this specific shoot, it was like face and body and hands, everything. Like I was having to eat burgers like the whole day long. Um, then having established a really good relationship with that client, like they didn't really know that I couldn't speak much or eat or was in immense pain that whole day. I was like, this is fine. Nobody needs to know. I'm just taking my Tylenol throughout the day. But um, having speaking of connect, uh, connections and network, building that connection that day, I, I mean, I showed up to set. I was very professional. I was adaptive to whatever it is that they needed. And then they called me back again. And that was when they just needed the hand modeling type of stuff where it's like, you're, you're literally like holding a burger, (laughs) um, which is not like the dainty type of hand modeling. I feel like that people Mm -hmm. think of, but from then on out, like I've just been able to work with this client over and over again because I've built that really strong relationship with them. And once you start getting the the pictures back, you can send it out to other clients and be like, Hey, look, it's not just a face. You can do hand modeling too. And then you kind of go from there. So I've done now like nice skincare brands worth of hand modeling type of stuff, as well as more the fast food chain type of stuff. It's, It's just one of those things where you fall into it which everybody says, oh, I just fell into it. It's like, but what does that mean? For me, that's what that means. And see, that's that's very interesting because you you don't really get to know what goes on behind the scenes and, and how things work out like that, you know, where you probably never thought you'd be a hand model, you know, and then all oh, of a sudden, there you are. I used to think I had the ugliest hands. I was like, nobody would ever hire me as a hand model. I've got man hands. (laughs) And it turns out when you know the right nail polish and how to shape your nails, anybody could do it. (laughs) There you go. So what do you have coming up other than um, the the kids show in uh, post or not post production, but, you know, uh, on the drawing table trying to become a reality? Yeah, so uh, with the new year, it's expanded a lot of possibilities for actors because the strike had just ended. So I I had um, a pilot that I filmed earlier this year um, that I flew to Boston for, which it sounds like they're nearing the end of post-production for that, and I'm about to shop that to some studios. And I have another pilot that I'm attached to that's currently being shopped to various studios. When I say shops, basically you, you take it um, – from the producer side, whoever's managing that project. And then they bring it to like your streamers, like Netflix, HBO, stuff like that to pitch it and be like, Hey, this is the little package that we have. Would you guys like to buy it? Um, and then from there, that's like when the show gets created. So I have a couple pilots that are in the pipeline. Um, and I actually just switched representation recently. So I was, with a management company um, and I'm in the process of looking for new representation, uh, hopefully having some new conversations within the beginning of the year. So when that happens, the goal would be to start getting more and more projects. Um, I have like a commercial that we'll, I, I'm put on a veil for, which basically means you're one of their top two or three people, but they're still like sifting through that. So if I, if that one goes through, hopefully I'll be, in Japan in January. <laughs> oh wow! Industry. <laughs> it's it's so last minute. Everything that happens in this industry, at least at the stage that I'm at in my career, is so last minute. Where it's like today I'm in LA, tomorrow 
could be Japan the next day, could be filming a, a, a sitcom kind of thing. And I would imagine not only, well, I wouldn't say that's stressful, but, you know, probably has some stress elements to it. For sure. But I would imagine as, you know, so if you want to be able to kind of travel the world uh, and see places you haven't seen, that's probably the best way to do that. You know what? I actually think it's not the best way. <laughs> really? And the reason why I say that is because um, booking a project, it sounds like it's not too difficult, but the, the industry is so diluted with people that are looking to do that. It, it's much, much harder. So eventually, once you get to a point in your career, yes, it is. That's like a really good spot to be able to like travel the world and be able to go see a million different things. But early on, at least in this industry, in my experience, and a lot of people that I know, you're, you're putting in a lot of work for basically no pay. Like you're auditioning all the time, but you don't get paid to do auditions. And then once you start getting those bookings, it's when it rains, it pours type of situation. When it's dry, there's a drought. That's how this industry is. So once you kind of start getting momentum, it does really help with that. There's a lot of people that I know also that have been able to travel a lot, but there's a lot of people that don't. So it's hit or miss. But um, at the end of the day, again, if it's something that you're really passionate about, you'll take the punches. And then once you find that success, it'll just be that much better. Exactly, exactly. So um, where can we find you on social media? Okay, so I have a couple accounts. I have a lot. Um, <laughs> my main account, I know. My main account is at the Rachel Griffin, and that's on TikTok and Instagram. Instagram's just like whatever. I'm just going to be posting about my life. TikTok is I post a lot of motivational content and inspirational short videos. Then for my children's show, which is the big thing that I'm hopefully going to be building out with a large audience this year, it's on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok at Sunbeam Buddy. So S U N B E A M B U D D I E S. Sunbeam Buddies. And then I have one other TikTok channel, but it's, you know, that one's not as big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I definitely. I hope that the uh, the show becomes a reality and becomes the success you're looking for it to be. I know that, you know, being able to talk to you over, you know, this time and the past time uh, before that you, you definitely put in the hard work. You're not afraid to get your hands dirty, so to speak. And, you know, that's very important in almost any job is to be able to get – down to the nitty gritty and just grind and mold it to what you want it to be at the end and then get to the end result and then keep moving forward. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that by the way. And and from one entrepreneur to the next, I, I entirely respect this podcast that you're doing. I love that you're doing it. I love that you're exposing people to different types of careers and different types of lifestyles really. And I, you know, hopefully can be that inspiration for other people one of these days too. There you go. Well, listen, I appreciate your time and hopefully, you know, uh, maybe we can get together at some point uh, next year, which is like two, like a less than a week or two right. weeks away. <laughs> Where did it all go? Where did um, it go? I don't know. 
And hopefully next time we talk, we can talk about the show and how well it's doing. Yeah, and, and, absolutely. You know, I, I'm very interested, even though I don't have kids, I'm very interested to see what becomes of it and what it's like. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I don't have kids yet either. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited to see where that next journey leads both of us. And when we can reconnect and talk more about it in the future, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. Well, listen, I hope you have a good rest of the afternoon and um, I will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Josh. And happy right. holidays. Happy holidays to you as well. All right. Bye. Bye.